Episode 88. Never Submit Entertainment proudly presents. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. The Never Submit Podcast. You're going to need a bigger boat. With your host, Matthew Chicola. And what you going to do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world destroy you? Join Matthew and his special guests as they discuss the latest news and rumors in all forms of entertainment. Are you ready? Each week, they break down everything from movies and TV shows. Check out the big brain on bread. To professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. If you're not down with that, we got two words for ya. Yeah. It's the Never Submit Podcast. Podcast. Hasta la vista, baby. And it's happening right now. now. Game over. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Never Submit Podcast. I'm Matt Chikala, as always, joined by Mike Moten, Joshua Hollett, and Sean Waters. We have a lot of reviews for you today, so hopefully that's what you're looking for. There wasn't a lot of uh, movie news to go over this week, so we're going to hold any of the stories that broke this week till next week's show. Um, we'll talk about some movies. I personally saw Beauty and the Beast and, ex- and the Belko Experiment, both of the major releases this week. I know Josh has seen something for us, and Sean and Mike, everybody's got something. So we're going to go around the horn here and just let everybody talk about what they saw and have some conversation. Very relaxed show today, so hopefully it's what you guys are looking for. But as always, before we jump down to brass text, I like to catch up with everybody. And now, Sean, it's been about two weeks since, since you heard from you since you were not on the show last week. So how are things going with you? And let our audience know where you've been. I've just been busy with work. And then, um, you know, when you work in sales and retail, I mean, you're, you never have a set schedule. So, mm-hmm. um, And then this past weekend, celebrated my grandmother's 80th birthday and um, had I mean, all our family members were there, like people from Colorado, Arizona. I mean, we were there Saturday and Sunday, so I couldn't see Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. And then my other grandma, who lives in Iowa, that just had, this morning, open-heart surgery. She had a heart attack last week. Oh, my God. So I'm <laughs> concentrating also on that. So it's it's been a busy couple of weeks. I mean, she she's fine. She got out of the surgery fine and all that. Oh, so, but yeah. um just a very busy couple of weeks um you know like you know we were kind of all talking in our chat like what you know are you gonna be able you know i'm like i don't even think i'll be able to see shooting the bees this weekend because of power rangers and then um yeah I just, i'll tr- i'm gonna try but uh i probably won't be able to see it until i have next monday and tuesday off because i have to go to uw for just a doctor's appointment and my daughter will have spring break by then so maybe i'll take her during that time so just a real busy couple of weeks. Okay, makes sense though. Definitely understandable. Uh, Josh, what about what about you? What's going on with you since last week? Anything new breaking? Uh, yeah, man. Just keeping busy, mostly busy. Um, yeah, because the last couple of weeks were really hectic with my traveling. So this this past weekend, I kind of just reserved it for uh, kind of like Josh time for the most part, and I had to read a lot of scripts. There's a pilot that um, was asked to kind of try to like get it somewhere like every you know artist out there so I might think it's in Chicago where they shoot a lot of like Empire and Chicago Fire and stuff like that and see if they would be interested in this this pilot um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Power Rangers meets um, Terminator in a weird way it's like in, in my in my eyes it's like a, it's Power Rangers on steroids pretty much <laughs> and so that's yeah, that's my weekend for the most part. And I was working on storyboards for um, a superhero project too. That was mm-hmm. my thing. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. 
Mike, what about you? What's what's going on with you? Oh man, what a week! Um, the job I was talking about uh, last week, I did end up getting that. So uh, starting April 11th, I will be on the road for at least four weeks at a time, working uh, 55, 60 hour weeks, opening new stores. Uh, the first one's going to be in Wisconsin, then uh, we have one down south here in Champaign, Illinois, then I'll be going to uh, Indiana and then Minneapolis. So it's, you know, it's about to be a real busy year for me, that's for sure. And uh, they actually had uh, traffic court, and just some this is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if anyone's been to court in a small town, but uh, anyways, you know, they brought in the inmates, and the guy gets up there, and the judge uh, has the state's attorney read why the guy's there, and uh, this man was arrested for a retail theft, and the judge asked, what did he steal? The state's attorney said, a Twinkie. <laughs> this, this man was in jail for stealing a Twinkie and had a $300 bond. The fuck? Well, he couldn't afford a Twinkie. How the hell is he going to afford the bond? A Twinkie. You cannot make this shit up. But wait, there's more. So, as the story goes, the guy uh, goes in the store. He uh, doesn't pay for the Twinkie. He, you know, goes off, he starts eating a Twinkie, and he goes outside, and he's eating the Twinkie, and he's walking around in the parking lot of the gas station eating the Twinkie and talking to himself. So a cop comes up to him and begins the question, you know, are you okay, is everything, blah, blah. The lady comes out of the store saying, he didn't pay for that Twinkie. The cop arrests him, goes inside, views the videotape, and the guy was in the store walking around eating a Twinkie, talking to himself and put one in his pocket. So then um, the report says that uh, he said, you know, uh, give me your address. I'll send it. To, I'll send the money to you in the mail because I don't have the money to pay for it now. And the judge asked the state's attorney, well, does this guy have any other charges, you know? Why has he got a $300 bail? And the, uh, the uh, state's attorney said, no, he's got a clean record, Your Honor. And uh, actually, there's a missing persons report out for him. He's from Chicago, and I'm all the way down in uh, the middle of Illinois, you might as well say. So it's like four hours away from Chicago. He's like, missing report, persons report. And he's like, yes, Your Honor, he has a mental condition. And the judge asked the guy, what mental condition do you have? And the guy said, schizophrenia. This man was 37 years old. Damn. And he had schizophrenia, and the judge asked him if he was on medicine. And he's like, uh, yes. And he said, have you been taking it? No, I haven't. Why not? I'm trying to, you know, wean myself off there. I don't like how it feels. So, you know, uh, just to fast forward a little bit, you know, judge pretty much tells him, I'm going to court order you to take your medicine. And, you know, they did notify his uh, parents, and his parents were aware of that they had him in custody. And they're picking him up tomorrow. Between 12 and 6, they're going to bond him out. But, you know, and then he asked, well, can I just uh, pay for the Twinkie now and, you know, not have to come back to court for this? Just like, no, you can't. You have to come back <laughs> next week, March 28th, a week from tomorrow, and you repeat it four times. I mean, I've, it, it's just funny because, you know, when you first hear this motherfucker, I was thinking, this motherfucker got arrested for stealing a Twinkie. When I heard retail theft, I'm thinking he's at Walmart, stole a Blu-ray player, or, you know, fire stick, something. But it was a fucking Twinkie. And then once you hear the whole story, you're like, whoa, damn, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's crazy, Jeff. I almost feel bad. I laughed at first that he stole a Twinkie, but yeah, now I feel bad for laughing because that's, that's sad that he's 37 years old and have a mental disease like that. Well, but he wasn't like, um, he wasn't, you know, like talking like he's slow or anything. Like he was communicating good. It's just like he didn't, you know, he just, didn't comprehend it. He's almost, uh, you know, who he reminded me of, uh, a guy who, like, kind of saved my life in a sense and did a lot for me was a schizophrenic. You remember Dave, right? Yeah, I remember Dave. Uh, and when he would get off his meds, he would think that the Russians were after him. <laughs> I remember. That dude was nuts. <laughs> yeah. 
He was a good guy, though. Yeah. He was a good guy. It was like, but that's how I felt bad for laughing at him. But I was just thinking, of fuck, Twinkie? Really, dude? <laughs> really? Yeah, that was interesting. What about you, Matt? Oh, man, I've I've had a rough week, but it's it's all right. Uh, life life keeps hitting me, keeps hitting me and knocking me down. Every time I think I'm getting up, man, I get knocked back down. But I gotta keep getting back up every single time. But uh, this this week's been rough, you know. I'll be honest, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna bullshit. I almost uh, decided not to do the podcast today because it's been it's been pretty rough, you know. I've been, but um, hey, I'm I'm here and and ready to review some movies and do what we gotta do. So, um, and speaking, you know, I giggled to myself. Like exactly, man. That's what okay. I'm saying. Rocky's one of my favorite movies for a reason. <laughs> it's one of my favorite no, movies for a reason, be- man. Even better, I kind of laughed to myself because uh, when we were like about fifteen, sixteen, Matt owned the Chambawamba CD. Oh yeah, you know that song. You <laughs> had that single, and that's just what I like went through my head when you said that, Matt. I can't think it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that song, man. <laughs> I still like that song. Well, I don't care. Song. <laughs> yeah, I still like that song. I don't care. Shit, I still like. But um, that's, all right. that's a good uplifting song, dude. I know, right? But all right, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the reviews. Um, I'll I'm gonna kick us off here real quick with one that uh the the because it's, it's the, I think the big movie that opened this weekend. Obviously, uh, um, Beauty and the Beast, the 2017 uh, adaption of the 1991 animated classic, uh, about the uh, Disney fairy tale Princess Belle who is held captive and then falls in love with the uh, uh, the beast who's a prince turned into a beast. I'm not going to give you the whole fucking synopsis. You know what it is. And if you don't, then there's something wrong with you. It always kind of funny when I, I don't read the synopsis because when you read the synopsis, it's almost like the Belle gets Stockholm Syndrome. Like, is that why she fell in love with the beast? Like, because he killed her captive. And then, <laughs> so I always think about that. But um, luckily the movie doesn't make what? you think about that, though. <laughs> well, like, you know, because he, he kidnapped her, you know, and he held her hostage. Oh. And, 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 and then she ends up falling in love with him, so she fell in love with her kidnapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't tell you oh, that. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at the movie, that's that's kind of. But uh, the good news is the, the 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 2017 version of Beauty and the Beast does not make you think about that. It is actually what they claim for it to be. It's a magical experience for for a guy that's uh, um, 34 years old and. I would in this movie, and 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 I did go see this movie. I one I I grew up on the animation uh, version, so I do I do like it, and I have no shame in admitting that. But also, my mom and my sister and her kids wanted to see it, and you know, so I'm like, you know what, fuck it, it's a family affair, and you don't get many of those kind of movies that I like, so I'm definitely gonna go check it out, you know, and. I'm not the only one. Made 170 million dollars uh, domestically at the box office. Beat Batman vs Superman, so I'm sure Mike's happy about that. that. <laughs> made a shit ton of money, and uh, the... I did think of you that for that one on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made a lot of money, but but the, you know the good thing is now it didn't make a lot of money. But it's a really, really good movie. Um, Beauty and the Beast stars Emma Watson as Belle, Dan Stevens as the Beast, Luke Evans as Gaston, Josh Gad as the Foo, and then it goes down the line. Kevin Klein as Maurice, and I'm not going to go everybody, but I mean, there's tons of. I mean, it's a, there are so many stars in this movie. Stars you, you don't really get to see them, like Ewan McGregor's in this movie, and Ian McKellen. I mean, there's so, Emma Thompson. There's so many stars that are in this movie that you don't even get to see because they're, you know, um, the clock or the candlestick or whatever, but their voice lends, and it just kind of adds a little something extra to that character because it could have been, been anybody, you know, uh, a smaller role didn't need a big name but yet for whatever reason disney went all out with this as far as the big names for the supporting cast um when i went into this i'll be honest the first thing i thought of was who the hell is emma watson like I, i'm not gonna lie i had no fucking clue who this girl was i'm like how really? would, yes what a god i'm like how is she bell and why do i not know who this is like they got some unknown girl like what the hell so of course i went on imdb and i'm like oh She's been in fucking, uh, uh, you know, 10 movies. They're all fucking Harry Potter movies. But So she's actually a big star. I just had no idea because I don't watch Harry Potter. Um, I knew who Dan Stevens was, and I wasn't too thrilled with him initially being cast. But then, as you realize, he's not. He's the beast. He's just a voice. He's not. You don't see him until the end of the movie. 
Uh, and Luke Evans, I only know really from like Dracula Untold and a couple other things. So the cast, like as far as the main primary three, I wasn't sold. I'm like, man, I don't know about this, dude. This is just cash in. But then, you know, the Jungle Book was so amazing. So my, my going into this, I'll be honest, I was like right there in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, is this a cash grab or is this going to be a good movie? We don't have the best as far as their main three characters. I didn't think as far as the actors. Pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm going to shoot it right out there with it. Um, great fucking movie. Like, really, really great fucking movie. If, here's the if, you like musicals. If you do not like musicals at all, this movie will not be for you because I thought, like, The Jungle Book, you know, had the Bare Necessities song and stuff like that, but it wasn't necessarily a musical. There were just a couple musical notes here and there, you know, the the, the, the main pieces that you, that you needed in The Jungle Book, and the rest of it was still your story. This had a song, uh, maybe about a four or five minute of dialogue, a song, about four or five minutes of dialogue, a song. They even put new songs that weren't in the original animated version in this movie to add more songs. Like, there was a lot of songs. Um, all done very well, in my opinion, though, but I have no problem with musicals. I know, Mike, you hate musicals, so I was glad when Mike said he didn't see this movie. I was like, oh, God, thank God, because he would have tore this thing apart on this podcast, probably, because he don't like musicals. But I, but I liked it. I thought Dan Stevens as the Beast w- was really good. I, I didn't really care for his design, like the character design of the Beast. It looked nothing like the animated version, so I thought that was kind of weird. Um, Emma Watson, dude, like I said, I didn't know who she was going to this movie. She, like, is, is stunning in the movie. I mean, not only is she is she a beautiful young girl, but also she is so talented, dude. Like, the, the way, like, she captivates you with her performance um, – for for me, anyways, not on who she is, that that was a big step for me. And, and the best part to movie with me was Luke Evans as Gaston. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with the original version of the Beauty Beast, the Disney version, you'll know who Gaston is. He's obviously the big bad, you know, bad guy, whatever. And he is ruthless in this movie. He tries to kill. Slight spoilers, not major spoilers, but slight spoilers. Um, he tries to kill. Um, Maurice, Emma Watson, you know, Bell's dad in in the in the movie. You know, in the in the cartoon, he like tries to take him to the mental institution. You know, he does that here as well, obviously. But there's a slight spin, but he tries to kill him. So he's just just to make him that much more of an asshole. And I thought that was great because they really this isn't a cartoon, so you need to amp up not the violence, but amp up the magnitude of the character's actions. And I thought that was really good. Um, so I'm gonna wind this up real quick here. That I thought, I thought it was a really good movie. If you like musicals, absolutely check it out. You should definitely see it in the theater because it is a movie that requires the theater going experience. Um, the only thing that stood out to me the whole movie, and I was a little mad about because I was thinking of it, and I don't, and I don't care either way. But I was thinking about it is going into this movie the last two weeks. All you've heard about besides the fact that BBC is coming out is. LeFou was gay. LeFou was gay. Oh my god, he's a gay, gay Disney character and, and people are throwing a fit because he's gay. Well, for one, if you've seen the cartoon, he was a, he, he was gay then too. He didn't say it. He, he, was, he was fucking gay. If you've seen the fucking cartoon. So I'm watching the movie waiting for this big gay scene. Like, oh god, what's going to happen? Did they kiss a guy? Like, what is everybody freaking out about? Then the fucking credits roll. There was nothing that at all to me that stood off that warranted everybody throwing a fit that the character was gay like he josh gad was great in his performance so gay or not whatever he was he was fucking great and i think people are ridiculous that they're not seeing this movie be, because a character is gay that's just silly to me um so i just want to say that but otherwise anyways i think the movie was super good um for me uh, like i said the, the, with the rating scale um, buy it if we love it, rent it if it's okay, sell it if you hate it. For me, it's a big, big buy. I, I love this movie, but that's just me. Um, now, Sean, you said you didn't get to see Beauty and the Beast, and you're going to try to. I imagine with uh, with uh, your daughter, Gracie, um, is she excited to see this movie? Yeah, what's funny is we we left Portage. We I went to Portage, Wisconsin, which is about an hour and a half away uh, from Rockford, so two hours from me. And... Um, Saturday night, um, I well, I forgot to bring my medication that helps me go to sleep. So mm-hmm. if I don't take it, I'm I'm just I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna sleep. So we're at the hotel. She's sleeping. I'm trying to, and I just couldn't I couldn't go to sleep. So the next you know obviously it rolls into Sunday and I'm like, all right, when I get home, I'm gonna get some sleep. And then um, I'm like, crap, you know we're leaving at eleven. Be back in Rockford at twelve thirty. We could totally 
see Beauty and the Beast. So I even asked her, like, hey, Grace, you know, do you, do you want to go see Beauty and the Beast when we get back in town? And her answer is, no, it, it, she's reading the novel in, in the actual junior novel of it. And um, she's like, no, I want to wait until I finish the book. And I'm like, you know what, kiddo? I, I will never say don't read books, but you've seen the animated movie. I think you would have a pretty good understanding mm. of, of what's going to happen in the movie. And um, But, you know, I don't want to discard her from reading. So I go, right. if you really want to do that, go for it. And then um, once we were back in Rockford, um, I was like, are you sure? But she was asleep, and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to disturb her. So I probably could have, but I needed to get home, too, and get some rest. But, um, yeah, I, uh, she she seems pretty excited about it. We actually did see the animated. We had the Blu-ray of the animated one. Uh, so we watched that. So I'm pretty stoked for it. I, I already knew there was going to be singing in it, so I don't have a, a, a problem with that at mm-hmm. all. Um you know, I, I'm mostly excited for, from what I've heard, they kind of, you know, they kind of sh- shed a little bit more of the Beast's background, like why he's the way he is, mm-hmm. and him, how he actually got transformed into a Beast versus the cartoon, you just see it through, you know, pictures basically, you don't really see the actual process, and I heard you actually see the process again, or you actually see the process this time, and uh, they were saying like, some of the, um, stuff in the cartoon that they kind of you kind of left your head scratching like for example this is how many times I've seen the cartoon Mm -hmm. when it said uh, when the beast turns 21 he will you know if he breaks the spell or whatnot. but then if you listen to the lyrics to be our guest Lumiere saying 10 years we've been you know rusting and all that and I'm like so beast was the prince was 11 years old when this happened because he looked a lot older in those pictures. So Yeah, they actually uh, correct that in the movie. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like, just, yep. you know, just, just stuff like that. Like, yeah, they, they fixed that. Um, they fixed that. And I, mean, I try not to go into too much spoiler territory, but they do fix that and the opening of the film is similar to the animation, but it's definitely fleshed out. Um, two main things that I that I glossed over that I don't want to go into detail about because they are the only thing that are different about this movie versus the animated, so leave something for people that knew, but what I like about it is, um, we do find out, and I won't say what, we do find out what happened to Belle's mom. I'm sure if you've seen the animated version, there was no record of of her mom you know she's with her dad maurice but the mom's gone we know now what happened to Belle's mom and also um everybody that lived in the castle with the beast you know uh cogsworth and and, and the the clock the candlestick miss potts you know all them whatever Mm -hmm. we get more on their backstory as well and i don't want to say anything about what that is obviously but so that was cool so what they did with this that i liked was was what you kind of hit what you read as well um what i liked about it is they took the animated and it's beat for beat the animated movie the ending is slightly altered which i appreciate because it gives you a new viewing experience but also there's little you know little spots throughout it that are fleshed out not changed per se but fleshed out and i think that's i think that was good because it does give you something new to uh, to experience you know because like like you i've seen the animated movie a thousand times i own the blu-ray of it you know so to for it to be beat for beat you know you wouldn't have a new experience because it's just a live action of what you've already saw this way it is more fleshed out you will say this matt mm-hmm. you are the real motherfucking mvp was that? I swear to God, if I would have fucking paid to see a musical, I would have lost my fucking mind. <laughs> I kind of wish that you would have seen it. These things should come with a fucking disclaimer. It should say musical. Right there. For everyone to know. Not like, oh, well, you should assume. No, I don't want to assume shit. Let me know. <laughs> right, Like La La Land. They made that obvious. Thank you, La La Land. Because some movies try and hide that shit. And they do a damn good job. Beauty and the Beast trailer did a wonderful job hiding the fact that it was a musical. And that's like, I feel like when I get tricked into a musical, I feel like I've been catfished. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's like the catfishing of movies. It's horrible, it's wrong, and it's, it's, it's just wrong. Fuck them. Fuck that movie. 
Thank you, Matt, for letting me know. <laughs> oh my god! It was fun. I will say in your in your defense, um, because obviously the animated was was a musical uh, adaptation. But I will say in your defense, the TV spots did not give off the uh, the impression it was a musical. They they definitely toned down some of the the music. They just had that Beauty and the Beast tone at the end of the TV spots. But if you followed it on social media, uh, like on the on like fa- YouTube clips, and they had clips of all the different songs, but not everybody obviously lives on YouTube or follows, you know, F- Fandango or any of those things. So if you didn't follow it, you may not have known how much of a musical. I'm telling you, this is ninety. 90- 94% music music there's not that much dialogue it's only song 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 I mean it's, but either way for me I, I thought it was, I thought I liked it I had a good time and the kids the kids really enjoyed it so that's and that's what's important I think this is made for obviously women and kids but I think as a like I said as a mid, middle-aged guy I, I still enjoyed it I still had fun I would have got up and left the theater I think you would have. I think but because 20 minutes in, there was three songs. I think you would have been out. I don't think you would ever, especially the movie's two hours and ten minutes, <laughs> so you would have never made it. The cartoon's the same way, isn't it? Like if you were I think it, so. I think like an half hour of this. <laughs> yeah. But the cartoon, I think, is like an hour and a half, though. This is two hours and ten minutes. But I forgot. It's actually like an hour and 28 minutes, and that's yes. not including, what, five musics of the credit. Mm-hmm. And I, I always forgot, like wow, that's actually a really short movie to explain this type of story. You know, to get enough of, you know, the beast being a, you know, being cold and then all of a sudden being warm. It's like, there's a lot in it in just 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, I always liked it. I don't know. I mean, I always liked it. But, um, all right, well, since you guys didn't watch it, let's move let's move along to something else. And, um, Josh, I will let you take over. Uh, you haven't said too much. What did you, what did you watch for this week? Um, yeah, so Beauty and the Beast, um, yeah, I'm one of those on here, I, I missed it too. I was debating, I was debating on seeing it, but now that I, I hear your, your critique on it, it sounds like a good movie, but yeah, I don't know if I'm in the mood for a musical on the big screen, but I don't know, maybe I'll change my mind. If I had kids, maybe I would totally change my mind, but we'll see. Mm. But I did watch, um, after everything was settling down on Saturday, like probably about nine-ish, I, um, caught, I caught a Peach Dragon on Netflix, which, which came out, I think it was like, what, last summer? Maybe last fall? And so I was like, wow, man, it's like Disney's probably got some kind of deal with Netflix. I see a lot of Disney stuff on there. So, yeah, I gave that a whirl. I popped it on. And I, I got to be honest, like, Obviously, Beauty of the Beast sounds like a pretty good movie. Obviously, yeah, Jungle Book was, was definitely amazing. Mm-hmm. But I was a little disappointed with Peace Dragon. It really wasn't as good as other things that you might think of, uh, especially, like, things that are under uh, the Disney properties, say, like, Avengers and, you know, Jungle Book and anything else you could probably think of that's under the uh, Disney umbrella. I think the acting um, was a little hokey. It was almost too apparent that this was made for little kids, mm-hmm. I, I felt. Uh, they, had, they had Robert Redford in there, uh, where he was kind of doing some narrating. Uh, maybe, I guess, you know, Morgan Freeman wasn't available. But, I mean, he was <laughs> he was doing kind of the voiceover type thing where he experienced the dragon. Spoilers, if they haven't seen it yet. But, you know, he experienced the dragon in a backstory, and he was doing some narrating while, while you know, Pete and the dragon were interacting, and the kids, the... the Neighborhood kids, because obviously they, they live in the farmland boonie type areas. And so the neighborhood kids would get together, they would hear these stories, and eventually, you know, the, the story would, would go on. And eventually, it's kind of like if you ever seen the old version, you know, the dragon eventually gets caught by the, by the people that kind of hunted and blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. There's some pretty cool scenes in it. Uh, there's some pretty cool special effects scenes in there. And then there's some scenes that really portrayed the dragon as being, you know, really friendly, that, you know, it's it's not a mean dragon, it's not meant to attack anybody, it's almost like a giant dog in a weird way. Uh, there's a, a rescue scene that the dragon definitely um, portrays, so it's a really cool shot scenes, but yeah, I was really disappointed in the dialogue. I, I just, it didn't quite take it out for me, but I was just like, ah, you know, when you compare it to like the Jungle Book, because Pete's Dragon, it's a lot like the Jungle Book. It's or like you know, Beauty and the Beast. It's like this old Disney property that they're recycling and 
when you see a couple of their movies that they've been recycling, you know, they've been pretty good, and you see this, and it's just like, ah, uh, it could have been a little bit better. So, it's not terrible, but it just, it's a little too hokey. So, it's just like, I don't know, like those movies that are purposely made for five and six years old. But yeah, I seen bad. that. Uh, it's a P. It was a PG movie, so I mean, it was definitely for for little kids. And, and you know, the thing about Peach Dragon, uh, the 2016 version that, that you're talking about, um, I saw it. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on demand as as well. Um, what did you think of the CGI? I thought this because it was made for kids. Maybe they went a little too light as far as the CGI because that dragon. It didn't. It didn't look realistic. Like not that it needs to look, you know, like, like Game of Thrones realistic. But God, the movie's called Peach Dragon. It should the dragon should look decent in the movie. But I didn't think the dragon looked good at all. I thought the dragon looked all right. Yeah, I, I can kind of see there was maybe a couple of scenes where the the CG looked a little chachi. But I mean, I, it didn't bug me um, too much. Yeah, I I kind of like the way the dragon was in some scenes. But I, I, can, I can kind of see why maybe... I think, you know, it's like in a weird way. It's like most of the movie was rushed to come out. It's like, like it's, you know, like we're saying, we, we they had Avengers come out, which is a Disney property now. They had Jungle Book come out last year, and now, just now, you have Beauty and the Beast. So maybe they're kind of rushing it, and maybe now they're feeling the effects of, you know, you, know, you should really be monitoring this a little bit more, check the special effects, check the dialogue, check the script. Because you know this might start to suffer a little bit if you're rushing to make your movies. Well, I know you they know, they but. definitely are because they've greenlit The Lion King, they've greenlit uh, Mulan, um, Pinocchio, Dumbo. I mean, basically, randomly pick out of a hat, you know, a Disney uh, animated property from years past, and they're probably already greenlit a movie of it because they're just churning these movies out now and. You, you know, Jungle Book was great. I thought Beauty and the Beast was great. Peach Dragon, I never watch again. So um, hopefully it's two for yeah. one. So hopefully the next one's good. But what's your rating of Peach Dragon, though, Josh? Uh, I would probably give it, it tends the best, um, probably a five, to be fair. Like, the, the dialogue can really take you out of it, you know, if, if you're... Especially, like, say if you're watching and you're in a bad mood. Like, you're looking for something to cheer you up. This will probably make, put you in an even worse mood. <laughs> right, well, what's your, what's your rating, Josh, on, on, on our rating system, though? Buy it, sell it, rent it. What's your rating system? Oh, rating? my bad. My <laughs> Sorry. bad. Sorry. I get things mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would definitely rent it. It's definitely a rental. Um, you know, like I said, if you got kids, kids will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I mean, fair. kids it definitely. It's like I said, it's got that it's got that kid flavor thing going on. You know, it's the dragon with the kid. You know, uh, if you're a, like I said, if you're like a five year old or six year old, you, you'll find the the dragon cool or whatever. Well, that's that's fair. That's, that's fair. The most, that's the most I can really give it. Sean, have you seen Peach Dragon at all? No, uh, to be honest, I kind of forgot it was out, um, and I didn't even know it was on Netflix. But no, I was kind of thinking like what's—it's almost like um, you know they advertised the hell out of Beauty and the Beast, and I can't remember if they advertised it a Jungle Book a lot. It still made a lot of money though. But um, it—I forgot like Peach, right? I think I saw a trailer, and I just totally forgot about it. Like I don't even know if they really, you know, if a lot of people were, you know, promoting it. Like it—it just seemed like it was in theaters and then it was gone, and then. I just found out today that it was on Netflix, and I remember the teaser poster of it. I'm like, oh, wow, this might actually be good, but yeah, when I saw the dragon, I'm like, okay, this, you know, you would, I would figure you would want to make it a little intimidating, you know, but there was, there, it just seems like there was nothing intimidating about uh, <laughs> that dragon at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, I didn't think so either. What about, what about you, Mike? Have you seen Peach Dragon at all? Mike, have you seen me dragon or the dragon eat you or what happened? I might have lost Mike. Oh shit! Sorry, sorry. Unfortunately, I have seen this, and I will say this: it kind of like at first, just like with the way it looks and everything, it almost gave me that feel of uh, Escape to Witch Mountain, the original. Like I, I just kind of got that feel. The movie was nowhere near as good as Escape to Witch Mountain, but. 
I kind of got that feel, but I mean, overall, the movie was just, like, disappointing. Just, like, the story kind of sucked. Like, honestly, I'm surprised it didn't just premiere on Netflix and just be a straight-to-Netflix fucking movie. It it just, it was just stupid. And, you know, it's almost like, um, you see how Kong got everything right and you had Kong, Kong, Kong in your face? This movie got it wrong. Uh, I don't know. A lot of movies seem to drop the ball when it comes comes to dragons. Like, uh, except for Dragonheart. Dragonheart was fucking awesome. But, um, this movie, I, oh, yeah, I suffered through it with my daughter. She can't ever say I don't love her because I've watched (laughs) this crap movie, I'll tell you that. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, man. Saying this movie should have gone straight to Netflix makes sense because honestly, just comparison's sake, Beauty and the Beast made $170 million opening weekend. This movie made $21 million opening weekend, both by the same studio, both by Disney. So, I mean, there was definitely um, a huge gap in interest between these two. So, I think $21 million opening box office. Not that that's chump change by any means, but for a Disney property, you know, this uh, of an animated property, you, you should have made more money than that, so I think you might be on something with that. Um, which one was Dragonheart? Just refresh my memory real quick. I, I, I can John see Connery it, but... John Connery as the dragon, man. <laughs> okay. I thought this was... I'm thinking, like, God, I, I could see an image and, like, fuck, I, just, I haven't seen a movie in so long. I, I was trying to remember which one it was. So, yeah, Sean Connery. Hell yeah. That was a good Love fucking that movie. movie. That was a good fucking That's movie. That's only probably because it's Sean Connery. You know, well, of course. <laughs> But he has that perfect yeah, voice for his dragon. Too, the story in that was great. I love the story. I haven't yeah, seen that movie in so long. Does anybody take a, want to take a guess when that came out? Uh, Dragon Knight? 94? You know what? I got IMDb. Dragon Heart? Yeah, Dragon Heart. Yeah, it's 96. Dragon. 96? And can you guess the, the voice of the dragon? Oh, I have an idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's why I liked it. That's what I said. I was like, that was the reason I liked it. Are you even listening? <laughs> Josh, what's going on today, man? <laughs> I, think, I don't know, man. My brain must be annoyed. I, I think Josh is, has a Josh has a meeting tonight. I think that he's uh, nervous or preoccupied. <laughs> Josh, I don't know, Josh. We just had a conversation about the dragon's name, man. Who played the dragon? <laughs> oh shit! But anyway, okay, so oh, you did, you did bring up you did bring us the 1996 release date, though, Josh. So that's good. But yeah, Sean Connery was the voice. Dennis Quaid was in the movie as well. You know, 1996. If you think that's 21 years ago, dude, that's pretty long time. I gotta wonder, what do you guys think? Does Dragonheart hold up 21 years? Yeah, we'll find out after. <laughs> you just what? What'd you say, Sean? Yeah, because I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Oh, did you really? Oh, so it does. It actually does hold. I'll be in sufficient. Well, me and actually... uh, Mike, you you know Joel, right? From work, right? Who's that? Joel. He from my work. He oh, comes yeah. into Portillo. Yeah. So me and him, we always like to two Sean Connery voices. It, mostly the the James Bond where. You know, like if a lady goes, oh, no, he goes, oh, yeah. So we always do that stuff. And then all of a sudden, one day, we started incorporating quotes from Dragonheart. And I'm like, dude, I guess I just got to watch that movie. Because, I mean, we do it all the time. Like, it's almost as if we are watching it. So I was like, screw it. I need to watch it again. So I'm going to have to watch that then. If it does hold up, I'm going to have to watch that. Because honestly, I, I forgot the movie. When when Mike's the title, I'm like, God, I know I know that movie, but I, I couldn't place it. I, I know like I watched it as a kid, uh, you know, when I was, you know, I was younger, obviously 1996 when it came out. But um, fuck, man, I couldn't remember that. So, I mean, now that I know, obviously, what we're talking about, I vaguely, honestly, I, mean, I vaguely remember Sean Connery as the dragon, but I do not remember the story of the movie whatsoever. So I'm going to check that out. Oh, that's going to be awesome for you, then, if you don't remember it. I don't. I don't remember it at all. So I I have it, though. I have the movie. Um, So I'll I'll check it out this week, and then maybe I'll uh, do do a Does It Hold Up next week. The are actually really good, too. Like, you you know, for 21 years ago, the, uh, you know, the the dragon, the realisticness of them was, it's actually really good. Like, you could still make it today, almost. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward I'm actually, to. Actually, 
Yeah, I'm actually watching a scene right now on YouTube, checking it out. And actually, yeah, it's not that bad. It's it's okay. It's no, it's no, uh, it's no Lost World or you know Jurassic Park, but not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it is better than Jurassic Park Three. Yeah, it's better than that spinal <laughs> crap they made. But <laughs> definitely better than that. <laughs> All right, Michael, well, what uh? What what did you have to what did you watch recently, Mike? What do you have for oh, us? Lord. Ooh, um, <clears throat> I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this that I watched this. Um, please forgive me. I watched um, Triple X: Return of Xander Cage. Are you serious? Oh. Uh, I love how silent everyone is. Like, <laughs> I was oh, waiting for the silence for Mike. Honestly, I was waiting for the punchline. I thought it was a build-up to a joke. I really did not think that you actually watched that movie. <laughs> oh no, it's a joke. All right, don't, don't get it twisted. It's a fucking joke. Oh, oh, oh my god, it's like the Fast and the Furious with people instead of cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like ridiculous. Like, everything you hate about Fast and Furious, Matt, you'll hate about this. I'm that, that's why I didn't watch that shit, dude. I saw a trailer. That was enough. I was like, I'm good. Uh, I'm sorry, like, people... Like, how, how do you jump from one fucking skyscraper to another through the window and you're not scratched up a bit? <laughs> how? Because he's been Diesel. Vin Diesel can do that. I mean... That, the, the begin like the begin you know the twist is kind of predictable you're like but you're like oh that's cool but I mean outside of that it's just like oh god it's just horrendous and then they introduce all these different triple X's like they did uh, because they round you know they get them all together because they got to get this thing back that was stolen you know so and uh, so. Uh, they introduce them all the same way they introduce the characters in Suicide Squad. You know, like, they'll oh, fucking show, You know, they'll show the person, then they'll show their rap sheet next to them. 22 mm. kills, blah, blah. Or, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, I face-palmed at that point. <laughs> when they're doing the, I'm like, really? And then they got the chick from Vampire Diaries in there. I'm like, oh, God, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> Keep going, and then and uh, if I spoil this movie for you, you deserve it because you're a jackass for wanting to see it. And I'm a jackass for seeing it, especially with all the options uh, <laughs> shit that I have to watch to it. So, um, fucking uh, Vin Diesel, K- whatever Vin Diesel, um, gives one of the other triple X's or someone a phone and says, "If you, you know." If you need help, dial nine because X takes care of their own. And this is sort of the end of the movie. You know, they're in trouble. They dial nine and, you know, uh, everything's going down. You know, the movie starts out in, you know, on the West Coast in California. And then they go all across, you know, to different countries and whatnot. But everything, you know, comes to a head, you know, like kind of like the Avengers came to a head in uh, New York. Guess where everything comes to a head? The wonderful city of Detroit. What the fuck? Really? <laughs> Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. Yep. That's where this movie has this climax. Detroit, Michigan. So anyways, they press nine and, you know, within, you know, like probably 20 minutes, you know, their time, Ice Cube shows up. You mean to tell me this motherfucker who lives in L.A. was just happened to be 20 minutes away from Detroit, Michigan? Really? How in the... It's just, oh my god, it's just so corny and horrible. And, of course, you know, we gotta get the corny shit, all the corny shit in. Gibbons isn't really dead, even though they've shown him being blown up in the beginning of the movie. Not, you know, like, a building being blown up and, you know, it showed the outside. No, it showed fucking the satellite crashing down and, like, fire engulfing the building and like him in the fire so you know you know there's no way he lived through that but at the end of the movie they have Gibbons funeral 
And for those of you that have never seen any of them, congratulations. I'm giving to Samuel L. Jackson. He's the one who uh, runs, you know, the Triple X program, et cetera. And it shows him at his own funeral. And, you know, everyone was crying except for, of course, Vin Diesel, who also happened to be up in the balcony. And he just knew that, you know, Gibbons was alive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Gibbons is like, you know, it's kind of surreal being at your own funeral. It's like, oh, my fucking God, they got away with this. They got away with this. It's, it's almost funny. It's almost comical how bad this movie was. And like I said, it's like the, the shit they pull off is like, oh, my fucking God, are you kidding me? Some of the fight scenes, I will say, were cool. Oh, I want to top it off. Michael Bisping is in the movie. Michael fucking Bisping is in the movie. How? How? That's really? Oh my god, this fucking movie. <laughs> this was, like, who, who thought of this? Like, who, who came up with... Oh, oh my god. Boy, I've seen a movie worse than Batman v Superman. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh my Holy god. Shit. It took it took a year, but it finally happened, folks. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I think one even worse than than this. I don't know if I talked about it last week. Did I? Um, where I I, I can now I know. Yeah, I did talk about. It. I couldn't make it through it. It was oh, masterminds. Yeah, oh, masterminds. Oh, oh. Yes, but that doesn't count because you didn't finish. It. You actually finished this movie. So this is this took Batman yeah. or Superman spot. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Oh, it's like Matt. You know, remember when we were watching WrestleMania last year? Mm-hmm. And, and how horrible WrestleMania was, and then just mm-hmm. got to the point where I was just like laughing because I'm like, you were, you know, I like, wasn't. Can they can they make it any worse? And <laughs> they just keep doing it, and then it just becomes funny. Like you can't do nothing no. but laugh because it's just that fucking horrible. It's almost like a Joker kind of like you know you just you've gone mad, you've lost your mind. And now you just you're not even mad anymore. You're just like laughing because it's so bad. You're like, ooh, what are they gonna do next? Oh, there it goes. <laughs> You just laugh at it, and that's how I felt watching this movie. That's crazy. Well, I'll tell you, we went from one movie that Mike had a hard time sitting through and couldn't wait for it to be over, apparently, to to, to another movie that's on the complete other side of that. Because I'm going to tell you right now about a movie I saw this weekend that if you like horror films, you need to go to the theater and see this. The Belko Experiment was written by James Gunn, obviously the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. And The Belko Experiment is a twisted social experiment where 80 Americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in Columbia and are ordered by an unknown voice coming from the company's intercom to, to participate in a game of kill or be killed. That's what the movie says the synopsis is. That's exactly what the movie is. It's an hour and 28 minutes. It's rated R. It's extremely bloody, extremely graphic. This movie knows what it is, and it does not detour away from that. This fucking movie was so much fun. One of the funnest movies that I have watched in years. The the, the first thing that stood out this movie, I'll tell you right now, and maybe... Besides the hardcore movie buffs, you guys might not even get what I'm saying here. But when this movie started, only thing I knew about it was a trailer, you know, Who Kills Everybody, whatever, and James Gunn wrote it. This thing comes up, and, you know, the, the every movie has the, the multiple movie studio logos that pop up there of who participated in making the movie, who distributed it, etc. Well, the thing pops up there, and it says Orion Pictures. Do you guys remember from back in the 80s and 90s, Orion Pictures? They used oh, to make. Yeah. Used to make all those fucking crazy. Yes, Robocop used to make all those crazy 80s and 90s action movies. I have not seen a movie from them, at least me personally, in probably like 20 years. You know, I have not seen one in forever. So that popped up. I got got the little inner geek in me got excited. Oh shit, they're back, you know? So I got excited. But then the movie started. And it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Like, it is not lit, let up. There, it's, a, it's a cast um, of basically, I know their face, but not their name. And there's probably like 20 of those guys in this movie. Where you, if you see their face, you're like, oh, I know him. He's, uh, you know, he's from, uh, and you can't place where they're from, but you know their name. You know them from multiple. What's his name? We yes. What's his name? Right, there's tons of them, but they're all good ones. Like, when I saw them, I was like, man, this has got a fucking good cast in it. I couldn't name a single person, but they're a good fucking cast in this movie. (laughs) 
and and it was a lot of fun. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, really, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie because, like I said, it's it's what it is. It's kill or be killed, and it's it's not gonna rewrite the, the genre or anything. It's not game changing. It's just a lot of fucking fun. Um, when this thing ended, is like I said, it's hour twenty minutes. I was mad when the when the when the lights came up in the theater because I was like, damn, it's over. Like I wanted more. That shit was good. However, so for me, I'll say right, right away. For me, this is a big buy. It. This is the, I, I. I love this fucking movie. I can't wait to see. It. I might even go to the theater a second time and see it. I liked. I had that much fun with it. But you guys hear me all the time say all film is subjective. When I walked out of that theater, I was with my buddy Jonathan, and he looked at me and he goes, "How do I talk you into letting me see movies like this?" And I thought he was joking, and I was like, "What? You didn't like it?" He said that was a waste of $10. That had no point, no purpose. That movie was ridiculous. So he despised it. I fucking loved it. So two completely different sides of the spectrum. However, he does not like the 80s slasher movies. You know, he doesn't like those kind of movies. Whereas I grew up on them and I love them. This isn't a slasher film in, in, in the same sense of Friday 13th. Whereas there's one killer like I said, there's 80 people in the building, and there's not there's not 80 killers, but there's probably a good 25 killers. This motherfucker, if they want to get out alive, they're killing people. So, uh, it, but it's it's super good, man. I, I mean, the 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 story, while simple, was effective. The dialogue was witty. I the characters were all good to me. I don't want to spoil too much. So I don't want to say well, who they were or who I liked or anything right now, because like I said, if if you haven't seen it, I want you to see it because it is good. And I think with this, this is one of those movies, the less you know about it, the better it is. You, you know what I mean? You know how some movies are like that? Like, if you don't watch a trailer or you don't have a lot of, you're not looking for the news on it every day, and you just go in with an open mind, like, well, let's see, this, let's see what this is. You can have a lot of fun. If you know exactly what to expect in this movie, you're not going to have as much fun because there's nothing, like, to look forward to. And that's what made this movie fun for me. It was like... Holy shit, I was not expecting this when I went and seen this movie. Like, I thought it was going to be a cheap, you know, $4 million, you know, you know, horror film that's like, oh, well, the trailer looked good, but we got the best parts in a minute and a half trailer, you know. But no, good from beginning to end, super fun movie. Uh, have I any, wanted to see it. it I was just going to say, have any of you guys... Goofy and a slasher. I, do you think you're going you're gonna to go see it then, or... I don't know if I'll get a chance to go see it just because I got... Power Rangers, Beauty and the Beast coming. Mm-hmm. But like, if I had, that probably third on there. But uh, if it, if it comes out like available, I'll, I would definitely watch it. It just it just looks like a movie I don't have to think about. Just mm-hmm. let it be what it is, and you'll be entertained. That's literally what it looked like to me. And it just seemed like it had an interesting premise to it. That's exactly what it was. Did you just turn your brain off and watch it? It's not. Like I said, it's not going to. Re- it's not resetting the wheel. It's not changing the game. It's not thought provoking. You you know, to me, it's it's like a different version of what Kong Skull Island was for me. Where it's just you know, turn your brain off and watch the big monkey beat people up. You know, like Kong was was so much fun. This obviously a different spectrum, but it's the same thing. It was just a good fun movie as long as you weren't overthinking it and nitpicking for like, oh well. The, you know, in real life, that would never happen. Well, no shit, but in real life, a fucking guy would be flying around in the sky with, I called Iron Man either, but we somehow we managed to get past well, I that. I should have fucking turned my brain off for fucking Triple X then. Maybe I would have liked it. Nah, fuck that movie. <laughs> would you, would you, would you compare it? I, I haven't seen the trailer for it, but like, would you compare it to something like Hostel or like a Rob Zombie thing, like a House of a Thousand Um, like no, not like that. Um, I, I don't like to make the comparison because it's similar. But have you ever seen or heard of the Japanese movie uh, Battle Royale? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would yeah, be similar like the, to that. Like to Hunger Games. Yes, but it came out before Hunger Games, though. But yes, it's equivalent to that. Or I guess you could, you could yeah. even say, for a different example, the Stone Cold Steve Austin movie, The Condemned. Where those convicts are thrown on the island and have to kill yeah. each other off. It's the same thing, just much, much smarter, much better. I mean, so much better written than those movies. I, I really think one of the strongest things this movie had going for it was that James Gunn wrote the script for this because it was such a smart script. It was, it, it was honestly, it was better than it should have been. I really believe that. Like, it, for being a horror film in 2017, it shouldn't have been as good as it was, but it was. It, it was super good. It, it really, really was. 
Um, all right, uh, Josh, do you have anything else for us that you may have, may or may not have watched this week? Oh, what about me? Didn't I, didn't I start with Josh? Maybe I didn't. No, you Come never, never asked me what I watched, which isn't much. But. I didn't? My bad, Sean. My, my brain's up. Now, now I'm pulling Josh. I'm fucked up over here. My bad, Sean. Go, go ahead. Uh, what did you watch, right. Sean? And it better be good well, now, Sean. Watch, <laughs> well, I did watch that Going Clear Scientology documentary, which I thought was just excellent. Uh, pretty much everything Josh said about it, I agree with. And it's one of those things, like when you, I was explaining it to people, it's, you know, it's like the first thing you say is like, you know, not to knock anyone's beliefs or anything like that. But when you watch it, you're like, holy crap, how does one believe in this crap? <laughs> like, when you find out about the, like, I never really knew who, I never knew who L. Ron Hubbard was. And then when you find out what he was about, you're just like, how does Tom Cruise salute this guy at the beginning? Like, like, does he know about this? And I just, what I really liked about it too, was the author of the book said, basically, he didn't say it like this in a quote, but basically, it's like, look, I didn't have, I didn't mean to have it come across that I'm trashing Scientology, but when you can't get an interview with, and I forgot who the current chairman is of Scientology and you can't interview Tom Cruise or basically you can't really interview who's anyone who's currently in Scientology well then you gotta go off the information like that you're getting the from the right well then he's gotta go based off what he's hearing from the other people that are not in it that were a part of it and it's like you know I, I at that point I'm like well then Scientology has no one to blame but themselves at that point but uh yeah it, it just really makes you think it made me want to watch that uh, I always forget that actress's name. It was on A and E. She was on King of Queens. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to watch that. Now, uh, the other one I watched was <laughs> I watched Things with my daughter on Saturday. So, on real quick, uh, real quick though, you said something that I don't know. Maybe we'll spark a conversation here. You said, um, "How do people believe in this?" I mean, oh, if you look at the that's true. If you look at the biggest faith in the world. How do people believe that there's a sky, there's a guy in the sky who has the power to stop everything, but just you know, like let little kids die, and you know, also that there was a guy named Noah who built an ark. You know, Noah was 900 years old, and as Joe Rogan said, a drunk, and out of all the people, God chose him to build the ark. Nothing special about him, but you know, he's 900 years old, and he built the ark. I mean, people believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, again, I'll just say not to knock not to knock anyone's beliefs because I don't want to. I don't really touch religion with a ten foot pole because it's like politics. Me, you're never going to get anyone to agree on it. So, to me, ignorance is bliss on that. Like to me, people can believe what they want to believe. I'm not going to really say I shouldn't have probably said what I said then, but I don't touch religion really. I, you believe what you want to believe. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm one of those two. I'm one of those two that's live and let live. Whatever you believe in, hey, that cool for you. My mom, however, however, she's a diehard Catholic, and if you don't believe like her, blah blah blah. But no, yeah. I just thought you know I just thought we could have a you know a fun discussion. I'm not you know trying to change anyone's beliefs. Believe me, I tried to do that about ten years ago when I was an atheist, and boy did that go fucking. Yeah. Oh man, and I can tell you about that. Yeah. but. I just, you know, I just wonder, like, if Scientology, say, just reverse it, say Scientology was as old as Christianity and vice versa, I wonder what people would say. You know? I think that was a huge thing. I think the fact that it's under 100 years old had a lot to do with it, too. I will say, one of the guys they interviewed brought up a good point. It was basically, you know, when you, it seems like when you first get into it and you give them, you know, you basically do what they want and all that, they, they, as this guy said, you give them all your money, they make all your dreams come true. So, you know, when, when you're in it and you're doing what you're, you're told, obviously they just treat you extremely, extremely well. So it, it's probably from that, like, you know, it, at the beginning it seems great. And then, and then just when you hear the, the interviews, really, about all the other stuff that was going on, it, it, you know, then it kind of gets you to think. But I, I guess if that's what the documentary was meant for, though, like to kind of get you to think about it, then... It, it definitely did its job. So, but um, yeah, I the, thought it was fantastic. The, though. the big, yeah, the big, the big things that you want to take away from the doc, at least I take away from the documentary, 
are a lot of laws that they're breaking. Um, the, the child labor right. laws. Uh, they, they have a thing called the hole, which is if they yeah. feel like you're hiding something, you're violating something, they lock you in this prison in like some right. desert, like I think it's in California, and they lock you in here, and you're you're locked in there for an unpredictable amount of time. You have no idea when you get to leave, and you eat and sleep in there, and then it's almost like that movie that Matt just watched. You literally beat each other up until you confess to your crime and what you're doing wrong in life. Right, and that's yeah. The the one this is where that got me, I guess, was when uh, that one uh, what was her name Spanky, where she said her daughter was. You know, like, I forgot what they called it, but basically, like, her baby was, like, covered in flies and shit like that. Like, did it, and I, it's been a couple weeks since I've watched it, but didn't they, didn't she say, like, she was sick? Like, that her, when she found her baby, she was dying already? Or something like that? Josh, I can't, or Matt. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the, the baby, but either way, yeah, it was baby. bad. Either way, it was bad. You, you know? Yeah. And then, the baby, like, the, you just the baby said, was in a, getting the beat. baby. Yeah, the baby was in a crib. Um, like it, the the crib was covered in feces, or it was it was in feces and flies and stuff like that, and really bad, really bad conditions. That's why you know that's why I always think like the government should definitely step in and really do a, a big investigation because they've already been investigated at one point by the FBI. So I think it's well, like, and I think another go around would definitely be good. Yeah, and they really show that Tom Cruise is kind of the key to it. Like if anyone like they need Tom Cruise in the worst way. Like, you know, um, like, you know, like if Tom Cruise were to leave, they'd just be so screwed. Like he's the one actually keeping it up. I, I felt so. Sean, when you watched um, it, did you get the impression that John Travolta wanted out, but he just can't get out? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, but the fact that what, cause he was friends with that girl Spanky Mm-hmm. And it seemed like all that happened in the eighties. So I don't know. Like I don't know what they have. I don't know if it's his homosexuality, you know, belief. Because you know, in this, if it is, it like let's just say John Travolta's gay. In this day and age, you know, it's so much more acceptable to come out than it ever was. You know, so I don't. I don't know if he still. Is it if again if he is? I don't know if he is for sure. But that's been the rumor for years and years. But um, I just feel like that's what they're holding over him. But it, it may be other stuff, too, you, you know, that they have on him that we just don't know about. But, um, yeah, it felt like he was getting out. I I don't know if it, it felt like he wanted out, but I felt like maybe he wasn't trying as hard. Because to me, it was like all these other people got out. Like that one guy who had his, his two daughters that were gay, you know, and, you know, not, and obviously you don't totally get out, like, they right. seem like they do whatever they can to either get you back or re- or make you regret that decision and you know and all that stuff. But um, yeah, that it, that's how it just came across. Like it just felt like yeah, he wants out, but maybe just not trying as hard as some other people. Maybe, but that was just me. That was, that's just how I took it. I don't know about you guys. No, it makes sense. I think that that's about what I was thinking too. I just I just thought it was curious because like. Yeah, I don't know the first thing about Scientology. I just thought when when Josh reviewed um, the documentary Going Clear a couple weeks ago, I thought it was really interesting, so I wanted to watch it. So, right. I, so I watched it, and but I just think it's interesting that you know the only thing that I ever knew about Scientology was that it, Tom Cruise was involved and he was the front man. But I'm like, but well, damn, John Travolta is just as big of a star as, as Tom Cruise is in some you know most circles. Tom Cruise, right? But yet. Travolta's yeah. name is never really out there with Scientology, but Cruz is all over. So it's like, well, Cruz right. is so gun ho for it. Is Travolta not really? But he he stuck there. I mean, I have not watched the um the the other one you talked about, Josh. The uh, I I think I always pronounce her name wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, her. I I have that show downloaded, ready to on my uh thing to to watch. I'm ready to watch it, but I have not had a chance yet. Um, so I don't know, supposedly she got out and then this chronicles what happened. So I'm really curious about that. But then I wonder like, you know, maybe because of whatever happened to her, which I, 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 don't, I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know, but maybe that's what stops John Travolta from leaving. Cause I just felt like when his interviews, he was, 
you know, they had that candid camera kind of angle with him. He was outside smoking or whatever he was doing outside there talking. And he was not very gun-ho about anything, whereas Tom Cruise just looks like a fucking robot talking about that shit. Like, it's just it's just so so crazy, the two contrasts between two major megastars that are both involved with it. It's, well, the, what's really sad, too, because I heard, I heard this story about Tom Cruise, too, like... Because Katie Holmes was part of Scientology when they got married and all that, and then when they got divorced, of course she was out of Scientology because once once you break away from the church, you got to break away from that family, like family mm -hmm. friends. Like if you're not part of Scientology, you got to break apart. And there was actually a story I started googling and YouTubing some stuff on, on Tom Cruise and Scientology. There was actually a story out there that he has not seen his daughter that's with Katie Holmes in like the last couple of years, like. That's hasn't her, does hasn't seen her, yeah. And I'm like, wow. And I, what I get is, and and I'm I'm for. Uh, Alec Baldwin said this once. Like I'm for whatever helps you in your your goals in life, right? As long as you're not breaking the law and not hurting anybody, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm cool for anything. But man, I think Tom Cruise. I, I think he praises Scientology for a lot of things, career, personal life, whatever. But like. Right, that's a little going a little too far, man. You're, you're, ah, man, you're just a dick that, at that point. And I think Tom Cruise is just so obsessed with himself, in a way, too. And especially like Scientology has a lot of propaganda where they say they cater to like, charities and trying to change the world and trying to help people. There's no mm -hmm. real documentation showing that they've actually done this, and that's where they get a lot of debunked. That stuff, but I think Tom Cruise. Well, I think they changed the world, just not the way they think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you know, interesting, you said that too, Josh. Like, he, you, you know, then they talked about his marriage to Nicole Kidman, how like they're wiring his phones, and like, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to knock anyone's belief, but to me, it's like it's called, you know, and maybe in his mind, it's something else completely, but it's like two marriages. You don't see your daughter. Um, they even did that story where they hired a, a girl to be his girlfriend, and that was weird. Was conference, yeah, and the way, because she was just confrontational with the chairman, Tom Cruise flips out, and you're just like, dude, <laughs> like, like again, yeah, you know, and, and like me and Mike were saying, like, well, I'm not gonna tell you what to believe, but you know, I don't know, it's like, come on, dude, like, what's going through your mind when? You have two failed marriages, and you know you're not seeing your daughter anymore. Like I don't care what religion I'm a part of. Like you're not keeping me from seeing my kid. That just ain't gonna happen. You know, like right. like I'm I'm technically a Lutheran, but I'm sorry if a church tells me, well, your ex, her mother, you know, she's let's say actually she is, she's Catholic, so you can't see her, you can't talk to her. Even though your daughter might be baptized a Lutheran, I'm sorry. I, I I'll be respectful and say I'm sorry. You, nothing you can say is going to keep me from seeing my child. It's yeah, just not going to happen. I go. I I respect and appreciate everything you did, but sorry, like you, you can't see me from. You just can't keep me from doing it. I agree, man. Fuck that. Um, Josh, before we move on to Sean's next thing that he saw that he wanted to review with us, um, it's 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 uh, about that time. Do, do you want to stick with us, or do you got to get off? Because I know you have that meeting coming up here. No, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going to hop off. I just got the uh, confirmation for the meeting just a few minutes ago. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I watched uh, for the most part. And then, yeah, I kind of what Sean mentioned. Power Rangers comes up this weekend, so more, more yep. likely I'll be checking that out this weekend sounds good man alright buddy well we'll catch up with you next week then later bro alright you guys take it easy All right, you too man you. have a good one thanks for listening to the never submit podcast we appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed the show please subscribe on iTunes you'll never miss a show thanks again for listening to the never submit podcast